Hello, this is Kristen Allegro, Transformational Coach of Glorious Living, helping people to live the life they choose while creating the life they desire. You can connect with me directly on my website, glorious-living.com, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Hey, what do you know, guys? I finally have an opening. Um, and with me this time, I have my wonderful partner, Brett. Hello. And basically what we're going to talk about is um, how he puts up with me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, from his perspective as a male, um, you know, some just some relationship type things. Uh, this is not scripted, so there is nothing that is particularly planned. Um, so... Yeah, what what do you think is the foundational piece that really makes a relationship work from your experience? I think it's trust. I think uh, <clears throat> if a relationship is not a safe space where you can say whatever, whatever you need to express, then it's doomed. Uh, I, I think that's, that's really the, the most foundational characteristic of a successful and healthy relationship. So you talked about trust and communication, it sounds like. Yeah. And so, when we first got together, how how did trust develop? How do how does trust occur for you as a male? How does that what what helped develop trust? I don't really know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't <clears throat> so. I I think early on while we were talking, of course this was in the thick of COVID, so pandemics are weird, and we were both still trying to figure out how to navigate that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I I think at some point, Early on, when we started talking, I just decided to be open and honest, candid, uh, which is kind of a vulnerable thing to do. I remember. But if you're not doing that, then why are you even in a relationship? I mean, that's... So it it's it's not necessarily easy, but that's also what I had been gravitating toward through and after all of the other relationships that I've been in. Yeah. So, you t so sorry. No, go ahead. You mentioned being vulnerable and I, and I remember us having conversation on the phone where I was just so absolutely 
impressed. I, I remember sharing with you that I felt like that was extraordinarily courageous um, to be vulnerable. Um, I know you don't remember the conversation. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what is, I mean, I know what vulnerable looks like with you specifically, but how did you come to that decision? Like, was that a, a, what did you have to do to allow yourself to be vulnerable? I don't know. I think it's just a decision that, that one makes. I mean, there's vulnerability being deciding to be open and genuine and yourself. That's a, that's a choice that you make. And it's not necessarily, it's just not easy, right? Because you're, you're deciding to open yourself up to being rejected in a really meaningful way, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or just run roughshod over. I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't feel like a, a safe thing to do, but it also can work. And when, when you decide to trust somebody and your trust is honored and respected, then that's, that's more validating than anything else that can possibly happen. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree. I mean, it was, as you well know, much harder for me to, um, to offer trust, but, you know, we saw that visibly and in some really, really challenging ways. Um, you know, with all the severe triggered episodes and whatnot at the beginning, because there was there was so much fear and lack of familiarity with the concept of being able to trust, and and you know all of the abandonment fears and uh, you name it, it was there, and um, you know you not running away every time things got challenging or not choosing to not be reactive, choosing to be present through all of that. That that really is what allowed the space for me to trust and, and continue to be vulnerable. Yeah. That was hard. It was it, so. From my perspective, it was occasionally we would just be having a conversation, and it would be normal, and then nothing particularly weird would happen. But suddenly, you'd like kind of freak out and have a meltdown 
Yeah. And th that's hard to deal with because it's not like there was any kind of a rule book for me to follow. <laughs> there was no guideposts. It was just, okay, well, this is happening. That's I, hard. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, and then you weren't in my <laughs> head. So, you know, you had no idea what what the translation was going on because yeah. you know triggering comes from outside which causes things to flip script internally yeah, it, right it it's very much like triggering a gun yeah right you pull the trigger and then bam and then <laughs> there it is <laughs> all kinds of bad stuff is happening and it's not like the trigger has anything intrinsically bad about it it's just yeah, it's, it's just it's a all in, it's all in the internal. So, so functions. there it was just when when I decided that I love you and wanted to just be with you, then it was just okay, so I can double down and and just try to get through this one too or I can not and not never seemed like an option. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I should, if I'm supposed to keep anything off limits. But <laughs> like, for example, when when things with your former landlord had gone oh, God, that was awful. on one of the occasions that they did, yeah. and I I found you in the kitchen in a fetal position it was just okay i'm i have not even a ghost of a clue as to how to deal with it the situation it was all safety and security right which we <laughs> we we talked about later yeah so I, yeah but in the moment there the was no was talking a, okay um yeah. she's non-vocal and she's not responsive so i i i, I found connor and I asked him, okay, does this happen? Like, nope. what, what do you do about this? And yeah. he was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Teenagers. <And> not, <laughs> not helpful, right? So, <laughs> so then, you know, just, okay, well, I guess I uh, try to get you to bed and go from there and see and say reassuring things. And it worked eventually. And, you know, I don't. I don't remember the aftermath. But yeah, thinking so about it, was... it now, I don't. I actually don't remember that. So for everyone's who may be listening, um, you know, until last year was it year? Yeah, twenty 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 one twenty twenty one. Um, turns out I suffered from DPR um, DPDR depersonalization derealization which is kind of uh it's it's you, you exit your <laughs> reality um and it's it's you're just not there that's all i can say is you're just not present you're not there you're not cognitively functioning you are just locked up in this repressive emotional ball of mass and and you might have some awareness of of 
this space that you're in, but you have no jurisdiction over it. You cannot just say, okay, I'm, I'm done being in this space. It just, it, your cognitive brain shuts down and you are back to being toddler basically. And, and you have no functional capacity whatsoever. Um, and it's an extreme, uh, level of, uh, trauma coping. So that's what Brett is referring to an episode of is, you know, that, that a DP, DPDR episode. Um, and it was, and, and safety and security, you know, all the things that do not allow, um, some kids to grow up in an environment where they feel like their primary needs are going to be met, uh, food, shelter, protection, caring, things like that. So, you know, when I was in a situation where I felt very insecure in, you know, being able to provide shelter for myself and, and my son, that was a, a heavy duty triggering effect. Uh, and this was probably the worst one, um, from that close. Well, uh, the worst one related to safety in residence and housing. Um, I think maybe, probably. Yeah. So in any case, um, that's to get kind of give you guys some context on what we're referring to about me being curled up in the kitchen and um, responsive. I was having an extreme triggered episode. Um, and Brett, he just, you know, that's, that's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the same basic approach always worked. It was just double down on being there, just not, not opting away. And I think that probably is a good formula regardless of what the circumstance is. Yep. I, I hope that these sorts of very uh, extreme trigger triggering episodes and, and DPDR and everything else. I, I hope that's rare. Um, I, I have not been in other relationships where that was a thing. Uh, but, but it seems like even in rather less strenuous circumstances, just being present, being there, being reassuring, saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I am here. I love you. Everything is fine. That helps. That works. Uh, and the other thing, I just lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, maybe it'll come to me. (laughs) It's fine. Um, and it's actually a, a, a perfect break point because one of the things is that, so I, I 
did not know that I had been dealing with DPDR probably my entire life and so probably had other extreme episodes of triggering and just didn't didn't know what I was dealing with. And in a lot of my prior relationships, um, you know, they were met with aggression, you know, that it would end up becoming a fight or it would be, there would be belittling or removal, you know, basically it, a repetition of that abandonment mm -hmm. where the person sure. would would leave or they would yell or they would get defensive or they would do something probably because my triggering, I would assume triggered them in some way or another. And so they got defensive. They didn't, they could not get out of whatever it is they were experiencing enough to realize that, you know, even if, if it were my reactivity that initiated the whole cycle, there was no space for either person to give to the other in order to create some sense of stability. It's like they fed off each other yeah, well, rather than supporting one or the other. You know, you can't have two people down and expect the structure to be stable. Right. Well, and there's also, it's scary, right? If, mm -hmm. if you're with somebody who is being triggered and is having a, a, a traumatic experience, it's, it's scary. There's, like I said, there's no, there's no playbook. There's no, here's what to do when this happens. It's not like you're brought up knowing that, at least I wasn't brought up knowing what to do when somebody has one of these episodes and so it's it's scary and anytime you're scared it's really easy to react from fear mm -hmm. and fear is not a very helpful ground for thought or action or or word right speech fear is not it's not helpful. It's, it's not, not helpful. It's not effective. It's not productive. I, I really want to hone in on just, that because that's my really whole not. message. And, and just opting, deciding not to let fear be in charge and instead saying, okay, well, thing is, I still want to be with you. So I guess we're going to have to try to figure out how to get through this one. Yeah. And, and we did. And we did. <laughs> and in retrospect, every one of them worked pretty much the same way, right? It, and, and it was, I think, that making a decision to double down on on being vulnerable and, and saying, okay, well, this is still where I am. So here's how things look from my perspective. And, and maybe, maybe that'll help. And it did. And it's just it, being, being honest and caring and open just keeps being the right choice 
if you want to be in a relationship. And if if that's if you you don't really want to be in a relationship, then don't. <laughs> I mean, right, <laughs> right. I, I remember at one point I was I I was talking to my my therapist my mm-hmm. at the time uh, about about some of these episodes and and she said, well, Brett, I don't want to I don't want to tell you to bounce out of this relationship, but are you sure you you really want to be in it? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. And it was, well, yeah, I I am. So here we are. But you have to you have to be grounded in that desire. You have to know that's really what you want or else first off, it's not worth it. And secondly, I don't think it can I don't think it can work. I don't think so either. I mean, basically the whole of of the whole underlying theme, I think is that these broader concepts feed each other. Fear feeds fear. Love, as we think we understand it, feeds love. You know, that that kindness, that compassion, that understanding, that presence, the being there. So love feeds love, and fear feeds fear. If, if, If you're meeting fear with fear... You're going to have a war zone. You're going to have a yeah, bloodbath. Yeah, it's a flaming death spiral. Yeah. And if you meet love with love, then you have a foundation, a basis of stability. So that even if one person ends up in a state of fear that is not within their capacity to control, because with DPDR, you can't, um, you know, it, it gives that person something to anchor to besides their fear and and you know after after a while it does kind of start to shift out of that space and it does take time and then there's a recovery period it's it's not a fun experience um so i i don't know how common it is um but if there's been sufficient trauma um blocked memory that sort of thing Absolutely. So we have our foundation. And um, Brett, do you have anything you would like to say before closing this session out? Nope. I think we covered it. (laughs) Till next time. (laughs) Because there's so much. Yeah, but really that... What we've talked about here is really kind of the most important foundational piece. Mm -hmm. It's if you want to be in a relationship, then be in that relationship. Be in. And be. Be be part of, invest in it. Just center yourself right there in that, that knowledge that what you want is to be in this relationship. And then just be there and don't, don't half-ass it. Right, right. And we'll, we'll talk about some other aspects uh, next time about things like communication, freedom, um, you know, things that, that actually make it work on an ongoing basis. But for now, we're going to leave off and um, you can find out more about me um, and what I do with coaching at 
glorious-living.com. You can sign up for a 15 to 30 minute consultation. It's free. It's only 30 minutes. Um, and I coach for helping you to live your own glorious life. You can also register on the website for updates and to the website, which I make often and blog access. So would love for you to join me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Thanks so much, guys.